If you ask me, adopting a dog is one of the most noble things a person can do. You are effectively bringing a dog into your home and into your life and into your family's life. It can have a profound impact on the quality of life for the dog and for everyone who enjoys it. It's usually a great thing for everyone, but sometimes it isn't. On today's show, when it isn't, when adoptions don't work out. Hello, I'm James Jacobson in Maui, Hawaii. Wait, there's no co-host today. We'll explain that in a bit. Welcome to Dog Edition, where voices from around the world consider all things dog. Today, we explore what happens when a dog adoption doesn't work out. And we're talking about when a genuine dyed-in-the-wool dog lover adopts a dog and there just isn't a fit. It can be an emotional experience fraught with with all sorts of issues. We'll hear from someone who this happened to and advice from a dog trainer. That and details on how you or someone you know could be sitting in the co-host seat across from me because we at Dog Podcast Network are hiring. Details on that later in the show. So if you love dogs as much as we do, pause what you're doing, leash up your pup, and let's take a walk because we've got a lot to talk about on today's episode of Dog Edition. Hey, Pepper, want to go for a walk? Dog adoptions don't always work out. This happens even with the biggest of dog lovers, like my friend Stephanie Nelson. Stephanie is one of my longest and dearest friends living here on Maui in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. She is a teacher and a very skilled writer, and you guessed it, a massive dog lover. Petey was my first dog. And by that I mean my own, not shared with anybody else, dog. I always had dogs growing up that my parents chose, and I loved them, Emil and Tina and Duncan and Riley. But they were family dogs. And then when I was around 37, I had gone through a stage of uh, going through divorce and losing my mother and I really felt the need for some space and time to heal, and I moved away from New York City. From my sister, from my friends, and from my dog Lulu, who I shared with my ex-husband, to Hawaii, where I would not know anybody. And before I moved, a really good friend advised me to, once I was settled, consider getting a dog of my own. So that is what brought me to the Maui Humane Society uh, one spring to walk along the aisles and see if I could find a dog that I sparked with. And I didn't really know what I was looking for, but suddenly in kennel number 72, there was this little black dog with a long body, short legs, super sweet face. And the little plastic label said his name was Jack, which is a good name, and that he was three years old, which was perfect. I was living on my own. I was working full time and I needed a dog, not a puppy, who was house trained and could spend some time on their own. So I kneel down in front of this cage. I tell him this story all the time and remind him that he jumped up and licked my hand. And that's how we both knew. And 48 hours later, I had adoption papers and I had him 
in the seat beside me in the car. But I did look at him and think, I don't think his name is Jack. And I decided it was Petey. And it was. And he and I drove home. <laughs> Turns out that, in fact, Petey was not three years old. He was closer to 10 months old and a teething puppy, which was very evident from the accumulation of my chewed shoes, bikinis, underwear hats, cockroach traps, Swedish Christmas wooden ornaments, and a favorite copy of Rumi, which still has a giant bite out of it to this day. Petey also turned out to be the silent type. And I mean, he would sit and stare in a way that pierced your soul and got him what he wanted. I also quickly learned he was scared of many, many things from a innocent coconut lying unexpectedly under a bush or a scary potted basil plant that just happened to be out on the porch. And I would know he was scared because he would stand at a safe distance with his tail on high alert, growling at whatever was the frightening object, which to me was really funny until I realized how many scary things there were out there for him, including skateboards, including men, including very big dogs. There was a Great Dane he met in the park one day, and he hightailed it out as fast as his little legs could carry him, with me chasing behind, terrified uh, that I would lose this dog. The most uh, unfortunate of all, however, was his fear of children and strangers. And I had to carefully introduce him to every person who came to my door. Petey's first encounter with a child was a little three-year-old that lived next door. And I had a small apartment, but with a fenced-in yard. And I discovered one day that the boy had been throwing sticks at Petey over the fence. One day when I wasn't home, that boy lost his ball, uh, ran into my yard through the gate, and Petey bit him on the stomach. (coughs) He did not break skin, but the boy was bruised, obviously scared, and the father was angry and threatened to report us. And I was scared. I immediately found a wonderful, compassionate trainer who came and assessed Petey uh, to help me understand him better. And she said he was not aggressive, but he was really anxious. And when scared, was going to react with a nip or a bite. And she said he was a dinos, which stands for dogs in need of space. But all this meant I couldn't leave him unattended. I couldn't just have anybody come and stay with him. It had to be somebody who understood his special needs. I worried about him a lot. I worried about him being reported. I worried about him biting someone. And he did. And 
I worried about him being put down someday. Despite the anxiety, once Petey knew you, he was super sweet and he has wiggled and wormed his way into a number of human hearts over the years. And his trainer and I continued to work on his anxiety for all of the years to come. So despite the anxiety and his fears, Petey and I still went everywhere together. We went on road trips, we went on hikes, we went to the beaches, we moved to New York City together, we moved to Chicago together. And along the way, we found a family. We met my now husband, Jesse, and his then six-year-old twin boys. Though I will say that very first night when we all were in the same house together, I didn't sleep because I was afraid that those twins would wake up and come need something and Petey would bite them. But we had the trainer and she helped sensitize him and he honestly somehow just knew that they were our family and in a very short period of time we were all curled up together for story times at night. Over the years he started to mellow a little. Then we come to March 2020. Breaking news tonight, the coronavirus forcing millions more Americans into virtual lockdown. Over 75 million people in New York, California, Illinois, and Connecticut ordered to stay at home. The U.S. borders to Mexico and Canada set to close to non-essential travel. A spring break crackdown. Florida communities closing beaches. In Europe, the crisis growing inside the ICU in Italy, the country's deadliest day. And the pandemic shuts down the world. Now I am teaching from home virtually, and I have two eighth grade stepsons who are at home in school virtually, and nobody is happy, and it is hard, and it is tiresome, and we are home, and we are tired, and we are there every day, and it is hard, and the days are long, and the emotions are tough. So over the years, Jesse and I had talked about getting another dog. I I would love multiple dogs, but we thought, well, Petey's a one-dog family, but he was getting older and mellowing, and we were all struggling to find some joy during this incredibly hard time in the world. And I kept looking at rescue sites, finding cute little puppies, and one day Jesse said, you know, we could use some joy. So we went and we looked and we came home with a teeny tiny rescue pup who was maybe six weeks old, a beautiful burnt caramel color, a little diamond shaped white patch on the back of her neck, and we named her Juniper. And we decided to raise her together in our joint parenthood. So as opposed to Petey's silence, Juniper was everything but. She was chatty, she was barky, she was squeaky. She was also an expert napper. She was just dashing around the yard, discovering stairs, finding palm fronds. Everything was new and exciting, which made everything new and exciting to us as well. Come here, Good morning. Oh, is that a big step? You did it yesterday. Petey accepted her arrival in his usual silent manner. 
He didn't exactly rejoice, but he did put up with it. Juniper just gazed at him with admiration, just like, oh, my big brother Petey is so wonderful. And he would just stare at me and ignore her. Still, we did things together. Uh, He's never been a morning dog, but Juniper was up before dawn. And so I would walk him while Jessie would carry Juniper in a little sling because she was too young to be on the ground. And the four of us would go out in the morning. I would walk him on his leash. Jessie would carry Juniper in her sling because she was too young to be on the ground. And she was just alert to the world. And the four of us watched the sunrise week after week after week. And it was magical. But... Juniper was also really needy. She wanted to be with us all the time. We tried to fence in the yard a little bit so she could roam safely, but within seconds she had scrambled her way to the top, nearly injuring herself. We had a playpen inside so that when we were eating or watching TV, she could be in the playpen near us, and that was not enough for her. She would shake the rungs with her teeth. She would try to climb out. She would screech. Um, If we went outside, she would yelp so loudly you could hear it across the cul-de-sac. If she was on their side of the screen door, she would throw herself against it. And I started to worry. We worried a little bit, but we also thought maybe this is just puppy behavior. So we called back our wonderful trainer and she helped us work with her and thought it would get better. Um, We also thought maybe she wasn't getting to play enough, Petey being a senior and also completely uninterested. So one day we thought she was ready and we brought her to doggy daycare for a little puppy socialization. But when we picked her up, our trainer was waiting for us at the porch and Juniper was just pressed against the wall. She had a tiny cut under her eye. She had apparently freaked out when we left. She had slammed herself against the crate to injure herself. She had scared off the other adult dogs. um, And now she couldn't barely recognize us. And our trainer said that she suspected separation anxiety. And she talked to us and she said uh, it could be better, but it would take effort. It would take energy. It would take commitment um, that Juniper might need owners who could be home with her and that we needed to really be honest with ourselves and consider whether or not we had it in us and if this puppy was right for us and if it wasn't she said you need to rehome her as soon as possible to give her the best chance at a good life with another family so needless to say I cried all the way home it was a very long painful drive I, I couldn't believe it, and yet it, it all made sense. Um, it certainly explained the extremeness of her behavior. But I also knew I was going back to work. School was opening up. Uh, Jesse worked full-time out of the house. And did we have it in us to help Juniper? So the next few days were just like this hazy, tear-soaked, family time with Juniper that was laced with sadness and we took her on adventures and we fed her and we napped with her and we just kept thinking do we have it in us 
We had two teenagers who were really struggling with their lives at this moment. And it had taken me years of energy to manage Petey's anxiety and get him to the place where he was now. And Jesse said, I don't think we can give her what she needs. So I was then angry with him because he was being Mr. Rational. And here I am having my heart broken. Uh, but he, he, really, he really talked to me and reminded me that no matter what, we had given her just a wonderful start to her life where she could feel love and safety. And he said, imagine somebody else who had gotten her and who hadn't handled it as well. So we've given her a good start. So it took a couple of days, but we did call up the rescue organization and explained what was going on with Juniper and what was going on with us. And they said, well, can you bring her back this afternoon? So I said, I need to feed her lunch first. It'll be two years this spring since we found Juniper and rehomed Juniper. And I think about her a lot. There's actually a letter on my desktop that I wrote that same day to her new family, whoever they would be, telling them all about what she loved to do, what she didn't like, her favorite toys, her sleep habits. I still can't read the letter, and I also can't delete the letter. When I think back on that day when we had to drive her back, my heart, my throat just tightened. Uh, Jesse drove in silence, staring forward at the road, and Juniper was snuggled around my neck, and she smelled sweet. And when we got there and I got out of the car and I had to hand her over, I, I whispered to her that I hoped she'd have a wonderful life. But as I tried to pass her, she held onto my sweater with little teeny outstretched paws, and I actually had to unhook her nails from my sweater. And I'm not sure I'm ever going to recover from that. And I know we only had her for six weeks, but it felt so much longer. I mean, maybe it was early parenthood and the pandemic, but time was just stretched. And it felt like we had been together with her for a long time. We think she taught Petey to be vocal. He's still mostly the silent type. But now, every now and then, he barks to come inside impatiently. He plays with her favorite toy, which is a tiny squeaky alligator, which makes us really smile and then it also hurts. I know she found a home a few days later, but I have no idea where. I don't know where she is. I don't know her name. I avoid still the photos and the videos that are stored on my phone. And I really still struggle with knowing that I let her go and that I allowed her to be let go. Petey and I are still together. He's gone gray in many places, as have I. His anxieties have mellowed, as have mine. He doesn't do long hikes anymore, but we still go for walks. His eyesight isn't great and he has fallen down the stairs. But he's bounced back and he's still his mostly silent, ornery, sweet self. And Jesse has promised him he can live out his remaining years in his favorite sun patches out on the grass. I know he's not going to live forever. And I dread that day. 
but I feel like the eventual loss of Petey will be different. The pain around Juniper was just so sharp and sickening and confusing and uncertain. And with Petey, I know his life has been a good one, and I know I've been here for him every step of the way. And I believe that when the time comes, I will be able to let him go because that will be all that there is left to do. That was Stephanie Nelson. Hopefully we will hear more from Stephanie on future episodes of Dog Edition. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we will speak with a dog trainer with advice for you and anyone you may know on when adoptions don't work out. That and, oh yeah, we're hiring. We'll be right back. And now, a message from your dog. Every day with you is like a day at the beach, and I want as many beach days as possible. I want to run and sniff and find a good stick to carry. I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want Everpup. It infuses any food you give me with health and life and vibrancy. I can feel it. It's a strange thing to do, sprinkle this powder on my food, but I wouldn't have it any other way. My time with you is precious and irreplaceable, and I'm thrilled to be with you for as long as possible. Here's to puppy playtime and senior snoozes. <laughs> no matter how old I get, I want my ever pup. It just makes me feel good in this life and the next and the next and the next. I am so grateful to be your dog and for the ever pup you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpup Club at everpupclub.com, where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup every day. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Dog Edition. So after hearing that moving story of Juniper and Stephanie and her family, I was wondering what the dog trainer thought about the whole thing. So I tracked her down. 
Her name is Lisa Giesick, and because this is Maui and it's a small island, Lisa is also the trainer for my dogs, so it's kind of easy to find her. I asked Lisa how common it is for someone to bring back a dog after they adopted it. I think a lot of people judge a book by their cover, and they go to the shelter and they see a really cute dog, and they adopt the dog. And sometimes, like in the case of Juniper, it wasn't because they were ill-informed or unprepared. Sometimes dogs are just born very difficult, and not that there aren't homes that can handle difficult situations, but you know, there's a lot of things that need to be in place. And Juniper was the type of dog that needed someone around a lot more, you know, couldn't be by herself all throughout the day. And she was going to need a lot of training and a lot of behavior modification work. And the reason she needed that much behavior modification work is because Juniper was a Dino. We call some dogs Dinos, dogs in need of space. And those are dogs that usually tend to bond to just one person and then other people in the family they tolerate. Lisa has been working with dogs for decades, so she can pick up these type of dogs, these dinos, as well as another whole assortment of different dog problems that she has her own acronyms for. She was able to recognize that Juniper was a dino. And so when Stephanie came to pick up Juniper, this is what Lisa remembers telling her. Basically, I told her that, you know, Juniper was not going to be a dog that was going to be able to be home alone very easily because she would, you know, scream in the backyard and her neighbors would think that the dog was dying and she was just lonely and she was just special needs and she needed somebody to be there. So when you're, you know, picking an animal to share your home and you're thinking, okay, this animal is going to be with me, hopefully for 15, 16, 17 years, it is quite a commitment. And you have to be able to think, you know, what if anything happens to me, no matter what age I am, who is going to take care of this dog for me? And am I in the position where I can give that dog everything he needs? That is a great question. Am I in the position where I can give that dog everything he needs? Lisa sees picking a dog a little bit like dating. So there's so many different kind of um, compatibility issues. I often say that, you know, it would be great if we could just date dogs like we do date people. I mean, can you imagine marrying the first person who you went out with? No, we can't. But yet we expect that when someone adopts an animal at a shelter, you know, we really hope that that dog works out and that the dog stays in the home. But the truth of the matter is not every dog's personality vibes with who took them home. So really dating a dog would be optimal because then you could tell whether that dog was a good fit for you, just like a person. So really there needs to be an app like Tinder for dogs. Hmm, Tinder for dogs. Swipe left, swipe right. Interesting idea. If you have an extroverted dog that likes to go out and party, then you should be the type of social person that goes out a lot and goes to functions and can take their dog with them. And their dog can meet lots of people, go to lots of places, do lots of things. 
Whereas there's definitely other types of dogs that would be just as happy staying at home on the couch watching Netflix with you. And those type of dogs need to be matched up with people who would much rather stay home and watch Netflix, read a book, you know, relax in the backyard. So what happens if you do decide to return your dog to the shelter because it's just not the right fit? Are you going to get all sorts of stares and and be looked down upon by the shelter folks? Well, there was a time that that would happen, but times have changed. The sheltering world is way different now than it was when I worked in shelters back in the you know late 80s and the 90s, where we were very hardcore about, you adopt this dog, it's your friend forever, you adopt it for life, and... You know, we, we wouldn't try to get, make people feel guilty if they brought the dog back, but we certainly, like, looked at each other like, you know, obviously they were doing It was something they did when in truth and reality is it probably was not a good fit. And you know what? I would much, much rather people return dogs to shelters to find an appropriate home than to keep a dog that is going to be miserable in their home because they can't get the dog what they need, nor do they like the dog even. Sometimes it is better to bring the dog back than to keep a dog that does not match your lifestyle. And what about the need to make a decision and do it quickly? If you're going to return the dog, return it quickly. Turns out that is even more important when you're talking about a puppy. If you adopt a puppy and the puppy is adorable and cute and you have that puppy for a month and you're like, "Eh, this puppy is not really a good fit for me, it is much better to hurry up and take that puppy back while that puppy is still young and cute. Not that I don't think all dogs are lovely, but it is way harder to find a home for a dog that looks like an adult as opposed to a dog who has a cute, squishy face. And so if you or someone you know is ever at that crossroads about, should I return this dog that I have adopted? Here's Lisa's advice. I would tell them that it is not their fault and that you wouldn't marry the first person who you went on a date with. And sometimes um, you're not compatible. And actually, it's the right decision. And don't feel guilty about it. Don't feel guilty. That's actually pretty good advice, especially for dog lovers like us who are trying to do the right thing for man and woman's best friend. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you didn't mind that I was here solo today. But if you did and you think, hey, I'd like to be a co-host, you know what? We're hiring. As I teased at the top of the show, Dog Podcast Network is growing, and we have a number of job opportunities open. If you think you might be interested in perhaps being a co-host on this show or working with us as an episode producer or as a senior producer or in our promotions department, please check out all the job listings. They are available at dogpodcastnetwork.com slash jobs. Throughout 2022, we will be hiring people for Dog Podcast Network as we grow. So there is a form on that page at dogpodcastnetwork.com slash jobs where you can stay informed and find out about new opportunities as they arise. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. We will be back soon with another episode of Dog Edition. In the meantime, I want to encourage you to check out all the other shows we have at Dog Podcast Network. 
And you can find that, of course, at dogpodcastnetwork.com. On behalf of everyone here at DPN, I'm James Jacobson, wishing you and your dog a very warm aloha. Is artificial intelligence going to change veterinary medicine? Well, it already has. Right now, on Dog Cancer Answers, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Deal of Morris Animal Foundation about how AI is impacting veterinary research and the practice of medicine itself. That's on Dog Cancer Answers. Get it wherever you get your podcasts or at dogcancer.com slash podcast.